I mean, this is the last stand. You're listening to The Unfiltered. Well, I hate to say I told you so. There's nothing to be done besides to get on Twitter and tweet to all my dumbass followers. <laughs> but I told you so. Hey, I told you so. The controversial. He's a dumbass. He can't do math. He's an idiot. He gets his hair cut at Walmart. Look at that shitty haircut. The realest podcast in the Southeast. Let the dogs loose. <laughs> Let the goons be goons. Eleven in a row. Eleven in a row. Eleven in a row. Enough. <laughs> thirty-eight in a row. As in thirty-eight on this point when we were whipping that ass. Ranch gang, stand up. The holy war is upon us. Welcome to Reed's Ranch, the podcast with Seth Hughes. Like, just quit acting like this is any fun at all. All right, another edition of Reed's Ranch coming at you Wednesday, September 16th. We're recording this about 4 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. Seth Hughes joins me down in Alabama. What's up, Seth? Not much, John. How you doing? We are 10 days away from Tennessee football. My other Tennessee football team, the football team of Tennessee, the Titans, 1-0. I am riding high and ready for more football. Yes, I'm ready for the balls as well. Did you stay up and watch any Titans? I watched the fourth quarter. Okay. I watched the fourth quarter of it. Um, so you got to see Ryan Tannehill strut that ass down the field. We won't talk much about it here. Uh, Going to start putting up a weekly NFL podcast on this Reed's Ranch stream as well. I guess stream uh, channel, whatever, on iTunes, Spotify, all that stuff. So if you want to hear the NFL stuff, me and Corey Gunkler are going to do that every week. Ten days away from Tennessee football, Seth. Your level of excitement is what one to twenty. Uh, I'm gonna go with a fourteen to fifteen. I think it would be higher if it wasn't if this if there was no such thing. If I had never heard the words contact tracing. So you're still mad about the contact tracing? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just yeah. I mean, like it's annoying. I mean, we still have people out, don't we? I mean, I would assume so. Um. Yeah, I mean, I think that's pretty... It seems like LSU's getting bit by it now. I saw... Um, I think they have a lot of people out. So, yeah, I think it without without that, I think it would be much higher, I think. And then the Cade Mace thing. If it, if it was... If I had never heard the words contact tracing and Tennessee had handled the Cade Mace stuff like it needed to be handled and he was eligible, then I think I would be much higher. Okay, so you're still at a 15... But you would be higher if we didn't have contact tracing and if Cade Mays was handled better. I get a little bit sadder and depressed whenever I see and hear Pruitt's quotes. I don't like his tone. I mean, it's nothing against him. It's just I think he's kind of the same way you are. Mm-hmm. Frustrated. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I do not know how anyone could not be frustrated unless you're just so thankful that they're having football that you don't care and you're just excited, which I get. I understand, too. Uh, this team, like, this team could be really good, you know. But I think some of it hinges on getting an All-American at right guard. Um, like I said, I think our offensive line will still be good. I think Calvert's good. Sounds like Wright has been turning it on lately. 
in camp, but everyone knows how nice it would be to have Cade Mays out there. And then if we didn't have just tons and tons of players missing fall camp. I mean, I know, I Pruitt does sound defeated. I don't blame him. I mean, how is the Cade Mays stuff not finished one way or the other by now? But Yeah, I mean, would it, would it have been different if we didn't push the season back? I mean, I guess that might be impossible to say, but because, you know, we went with down to the deadline with Aubrey Solomon last year. Yeah, probably. But that I, was, you know, August. You know, yeah. we, we are going to be in the, you know, end of September before we get an answer on Cade Mays, which, again, maybe it's different if there's more of a deadline and more pressure, but it just seems kind of wild that we are going to be at the end of September when we still oh. don't know who our starting offensive line will be because we don't know if our guy's going to get cleared. I would say, yes, it would, would have been different. Um, I assume that the NCAA is just using the corona as an excuse for why things weren't done quicker. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't get the sense, like, I personally don't have hardly any um, hope for Cade Mays playing. I know what people that are in the know say or whatever, but personally I have zero expectations of him playing as of Oh, right wow. Now. Okay, so... I feel like you were pretty optimistic. Were you not optimistic prior to the refusal? Prior to the denial? Yeah, yeah, everyone was. I mean, everyone was. Okay, I thought you were just making sure. So you went from positive to negative, and you haven't bounced back despite people saying they think he's going to get cleared. You're still still got the guard up. Seth Seth is not going to get burned twice. Yeah, I just don't, I don't, I hope I'm wrong. Man, it would be awesome to be wrong, but... At this point, it's September the 16th, and we play in 10 days, and I have heard no reason to be optimistic. Like, I'll trust you when you say, well, I mean, again, it was everyone saying Kate Mays was going to be eligible. I'll trust you on that, the first go-around, but when he doesn't get eligible, I mean, I'm going to need something concrete to why we should be hopeful that he is eligible in 10 days. Because it's, like I said, it's Wednesday. Come Sunday, you know, if he's not eligible or whatever, then you're going to have to, you know, you better get K-Ron Calvert ready to start at right guard or Darnell Wright because you need to go through game week. I mean, these guys are so young that they still need as many reps as they can get. You know, I mean, even <laughs> some of the guys that are older need as many reps as they can get, which is why the contact tracing has been so frustrating. Like, I think everyone realizes that Garantano needs as many practice reps as he can possibly get with his first team wide receivers and his tailbacks, et cetera, et cetera. And then, we, you know, we have practices where we only have one tailback there and it's Ty Chandler. And we don't really even have anybody that has the stupid virus. So, we'll give some PCO right quick, uh, some positive content. You talk about practicing. I did see Trey Smith say that he's gotten to practice and pads and got to hit, and he feels like he's going to take a big step forward. And he even said that he feels safer than everyone else when it comes to uh, the blood clots and the COVID. Says the medicine he takes helps prevent uh, the, the COVID being an issue for that. Well, there you go. So that's some positive, positive content there. There you go. Yeah, I mean, I saw he's like mainly practicing on the weekends or whatever. I think is when he's doing his heavy stuff. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's nice that he was as good as he was last year and he never even practiced, and this year he's getting to practice. And he'll have Brandon Kennedy beside him again, a better Wanya Morris. The line's just going to be better. I mean, he might really, he might really just crush some people. I still feel good, like, as much stuff is in the way – 
Is it, I don't know how many people are going to be out for South Carolina. We don't know that, obviously. When will we find out? I don't like, know that they'll tell uh, us. You know, on, I mean, Satur- on Saturday morning, like Georgia State, did you see Georgia State's long list of like 33 people inactive? Did you see I, that over the weekend? I, no, I didn't. But that's what the SEC is going to do, right? I mean, that that's why we've Georgia been having State this put out, Georgia State put out a graphic that's like, are inactive for today, and it was like 33 people long. Yeah. On Saturday of the game. And you're just like, oh, my God. But that being said, Tennessee, I mean, I'm not – if they have something like 33 people out, then, you know, whatever, take the L and move on. But let's say they have some key guys out and we don't get Cade Mays eligible, blah, 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 blah. Like, if you're Jeremy Pruitt, you have to go to Columbia and win regardless. It doesn't matter. Like, Man, see, okay, okay. I personally think that unless there's like, if there's like five dudes out and you don't have Cade Mays, man, you better win that game. But if he I mean, has, I don't, like, don't want to be a hypocrite because you know I know there's an overlap of people that listen to the podcast and the radio show. And just yesterday, I was talking about how I'm not scared of South Carolina, which I'm not scared of South Carolina. So I want to get this, like, you know, just get that caveat out of the way before people try to accuse me of playing both sides. I'm not scared of South Carolina. I'm not fearful of South Carolina, but I do think if Tennessee gets there and they have five guys out plus Cade Mays, I wouldn't think Jeremy, you have to win that game. Okay. Just me personally, like I feel like if you have five contributors out. We're still not we're we're still not deep. You know what I mean? Like we're, that's we're the, still, yeah, and that, that that's that's one problem. We're still not a deep team, and I, I and I think that's important to remember. So I'm not scared of South Carolina. We're going to beat South Carolina unless we have you know five or six contributors ruled out, and the fact that you know we're already kind of fighting uphill practice wise. And granted, I don't know what South Carolina's doing practice wise. I guess maybe I should do some actual sports radio work next week and call somebody from South Carolina and do like a game preview to try to figure that out. But I just wanted to get that out there. I, I I don't think it's a must win. Like if you just have a game where you have four or five starters out, because I don't think we're anywhere near being able to handle that against anyone other than okay. Arkansas and Vandy. Okay. Unless South, thought, Carolina, unless South Carolina is dealing with the same thing, obviously. I mean, they should Missouri. With five guys out? Maybe, maybe. I think Missouri at home is... I think I mean, what's Alabama favored over Missouri by on the road? I mean, it's something absurd. It's something absurd. I have no clue. I haven't seen any official line. It, on that. It's. I would assume I mean, it's like thirty. It's something crazy. I mean, he again. Maybe I'm wrong about South Carolina. I, you know, I mean, I know they don't really have much on offense. They're 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 running backs out. Um, he was supposed to be the guy. Mm-hmm. You know, and their second so, guy got hurt too, right? Or is he back? I think they had. I think they had two running backs out. Alabama's favored by twenty-one and a half on the road. Okay. At not, not as crazy as I thought. No, I thought it was like twenty-seven. Maybe I'm thinking of LSU, Mississippi State. Yeah, they're um, they're favored eighteen, I think. Okay. I thought they were higher too. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I, we'll just have to see. I mean, I think it's going to be a Saturday morning type thing, and we're going to get it Saturday morning, and we play that night, and we're just going to have to dread that game. It might be one of those things. I think that if you have five contributors out plus Caden Mays, I think Tennessee can be in that game, though. Oh, yeah, sure, sure. I'm not saying like it would be a blowout. I'm not saying that by any means. Like, I don't know, unless it's like, you know, Crouch and Hank. Yeah. That's the one thing on defense. If Henry Toa Toa goes out, then I truly have no idea what to expect. Right. Like, we're really thin at linebackers. So, you know, obviously, like, 
if I got to pick which five guys and it's like the perfect five, then yeah, sure, we might not even really care. But if it's like your linebackers and like, you know, somebody, like Trey Smith on the offensive line, like in another offensive line starter, like, yeah, sure, that, that changes things. Yeah. Alante and Bryce, you know, things like that. Like, I mean, if you if you lose real key guys, and linebackers, I think, is going to be our position where we can't lose anybody. Same like, right? I, th- I think against South Carolina, like, if you lost Bryce Thompson, I think you'd be fine. Sure, you're probably right. I mean, like, I don't, I don't, I don't picture them coming to sling the ball around. And I think you'd be fine, like, if you lost, like, Josh Palmer. Because I imagine if it's something where we have several guys out, unless it's, like, a Trey Smith, our game plan is just going to be to just ground and pound. And just because, I mean, our defense is going to be good, assuming that they're all out there. Our defense is going to be good. I don't think South Carolina can move the ball. I guess the at the end of the day, the the only goal is just to get past South Carolina with the win. It does not matter what the score is. It does not matter if you win two to nothing. Like after the way this fall camp is gone, and we're just a couple weeks out from having like half the team out. Just if you just win, man. Just win. Like I said after the Titans game. A wise man once said, it doesn't matter if you win by an inch or a mile, winning is winning. Yeah, especially, yeah, just win, man. If you can get past these two first two games and just try to get healthy by Kentucky, because that's the third game, right? It's Kentucky. No, no, Georgia's the third game. Georgia, oh, is Kentucky the fourth game? Well, I mean, I don't know. Georgia's the third game. I assume Kentucky, I mean, I, I don't, I think Kentucky's a fourth, but I don't. Okay, I had them backwards for some reason. I was okay. Yeah, Kentucky's right? I mean, fourth. Georgia's Kentucky's third, fourth. Right? Yeah, Georgia's third. Kentucky's fourth. For some reason, I was thinking that Kentucky was the third game. Yeah, I mean, we went through with that one podcast. A lot of good teams are going to going to start out one and one. A lot of good teams are going to start out one and one. Georgia and Auburn, and one of Alabama A and M. And we might not be one of those teams. We should be one of those teams that starts two and zero. Just if you get to two and zero, if you get to two and zero, then you're sitting really nicely. So just somehow, again, we have no idea who's out. Um, I don't think anybody does. Who knows? I mean, who knows? It, d- it does sound like Darnell Wright has been tearing it up to practice recently. You know, it's good news on Trey Smith. I guess we'll just have to see. I mean, we'll just have to see. It's been a very like I don't even I've like stopped like reading practice reports because you don't really get anything from them. Yeah, I was going to say, I haven't read the first practice report. Honestly, the first, like, whenever we talk on here about it is the first time I hear a lot of this stuff or see it posted in the Discord. Like, I haven't even listened to, I haven't even listened to the VolQuest podcast because it's like nobody knows anything because the the programs are being even tighter-lipped than usual. You know, like you said, Georgia State releases day of, 33 guys are out. Well, if Georgia State can do that and keep it that tight-lipped, well, Tennessee can too. So, like, there's not even... It's like VolQuest reported Aubrey Solomon was out of practice with an undisclosed injury, and that was all they said. It's like, what? Our best defensive lineman is out, and it's not COVID-related? And we don't have, you know, nobody knows what it is? So it's almost like, what the point? what's the point? You know, I mean, it's just... Log on, see if there's any news on Cade Mays. If there's not, oh well, we'll check back tomorrow. So, like, I don't really even know that much because I've just stopped reading everything because it was a waste of time. Did you see the uh, the Big Ten and their rule that if you test positive, you're automatically out for 21 days? Yeah, well, 
and if greater than 5% of the team have it or are out due to quarantine, you have to forfeit or what? What was it? Oh, is it even if they're even quarantining? I, I thought it was 5% positive tests. Then the team forfeits. Then they shut down for a week, which I I don't know if that means forfeits or what, but I mean, there's no wiggle room in what the Big Ten's doing. They, so they're playing have, eight games in eight weeks. Yep, they have eight games in eight weeks, and they said that they they might let other teams play on championship weekend. I saw, so they're going to play so like one, one versus two. Yeah, one versus two. I don't know if they're doing divisions or whatever, but I, the two I, best teams. Uh, yeah. And then just going down the line, basically three and four, five and six, things like that. The way I read that was that they are doing divisions. Okay. I mean, they, they probably are. They probably I are. I read 1v1. So does that mean that – does that mean in the case of Ohio State, you play the other teams in your division and then ha- however many cross-divisional opponents – how many teams in the Big 12 – Big 10 now? 14. They, they play nine conference games. So they'd play their six teams and then I guess grab two. Yeah. Cross-division, which – I mean, supposed, the schedule's supposed to come out later, so – whenever they had had their original schedule, like, you know, Ohio State had got a favor and, you know, got two easy opponents because, of course, they did. Yeah. Kind of like how the SEC took care of Georgia. And despite Georgia not knowing who their quarterback's going to be, they'll get a preseason game against Arkansas. What do you make of that, their their quarterback situation? At Georgia? Yeah, did you see that, like, it's the – DeWan Mathis or whatever. Yeah, DeWan Mathis looks like he is going to be the starter week one. Yeah, I have a really close friend who's a Georgia fan, and he's been just blown away by it, too. I mean, it's hard to believe that that dude is going to beat out JT Daniels. Not because I think JT Daniels is some superstar. Like, I remember we talked about it on the podcast. Like, JT Daniels, he's probably at worst fine, but I never saw anything that made me think he was some absolute stud. But still, to get beat out by a freshman that wasn't particularly highly rated. I mean, he wasn't as highly rated as as other guys on Georgia's team. I mean, he was a four-star. He was like number 318, I think, as a, yeah, as a prospect. You know, I mean... He, his tape, we watched his tape on the radio show today. It, his high school tape did not look good. Now, obviously, somebody can get better over two years, but he did not look like anybody that would be scary, although, you know, I don't know if that matters. Well, the good news is the SEC gave him a scrimmage game to... Uh, you know, warm warm up in, like you said. Now, week two, though, is when they play Alabama, right? Is yes. that right? Okay, so, yes. I mean, they're going to get thrown into the fire week two. Or, no, that's not true. They play Auburn. They play Auburn. Yes, Auburn. Alabama plays A&M. Okay, so they get thrown into, I mean, I guess Auburn's not getting thrown to the fire, but it's going to be a tough game for them, or at least a, a, a team with a pulse. That, that to me, that line surprises me because we heard all offseason about Kentucky, Kentucky, Kentucky. And an Auburn team that lost a lot is double-digit favorites on the road against Kentucky, which tells me that we are correct about Kentucky, that the hype isn't worth it. Uh, it's not justified. But I have been a little surprised by that line. Yeah, I, I don't know if Dewan Mathis is going to start. I mean, if he's been better than JT Daniels and like, well, I don't know if he's Maybe. been better. I just know he's more cleared. Like they say, JT Daniels still isn't cleared. Like that. Oh, so JT Daniels st- still is not cleared. Yeah, he's practicing, but he can't do everything. I guess. So they said their last scrimmage was on Saturday, and they said it was uh, Dewan taking almost all the first team reps. Yeah, I'm looking at what Aaron Murray said. He had to have brain surgery last year. 
Yeah, I mean, he had to have a cyst removed off his brain. I don't know if that's the same as having brain surgery. I mean, I I, I guess when they open you up, it kind of is, yeah. I guess. But yeah, that, uh, you know, so get ready for the game day stories. Get ready for them to uh, try to pump this guy out and make him a, uh, make Georgia a feel-good program. Yeah, so I mean, DeWan Mathis took all the snaps against their, against their first team defense. So yeah, he's going to be a starter then as of today. That's crazy to me. That after all this, they're not going to have Jamie Newman or JT Daniels start. I believe it was Peter Burns who said on our radio station yesterday that was why that that, that was why Jamie Newman opted out is because this guy was going to beat him out, which I find that really hard to believe. But again, we said the Jamie Newman hype it was it was not justified. There was that nothing is true. To, that is true. We did say Jamie Newman sucked. You actually sat there and watched Wake Forest games. Only a couple, only a couple, but And yes. you, so like you actually had seen him play. I just looked at the stats and I was like, come on guys, this guy's not a first round pick at quarterback. I watched him play and I was excited. Like he, he, he missed eight yard throws routinely. Like, I mean, and the, what he did was he ran and that the way he ran was not going to work against SEC defenses. So yeah, I, I actually knew a little bit about Jamie Newman and I wasn't worried. So I could not understand why people were telling everyone he was so good and apparently he was going to get beat out by this D1 guy. That's crazy, man. So I guess JT Daniels actually was better than Jamie Newman then if he hasn't just been, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, if it's DeJuan Mathis starting for them, I feel pretty good about, I feel, that makes me feel better. But they'll have two games to figure it out. Yeah, they'll have two although games. They, although they won't be able to experiment much against Auburn. Correct. I wouldn't think. Boomer ask over under 10 players out against US, USC for uh, contact tracing slash Rona. I'm going to go under as of right now. Surely to God will have under 10 out. I'm going to go under just because I don't know anything. So I have no reason to think anything. And when you think about 10 players, that's a hell of a lot. So I'm going to go under out of just sheer chance and, you know, the percentages. But hell, we probably will have over, Boomer. Just because. Noah asks, will Tennessee fans ever lose the defeatist mentality, even if we have success? Uh, yeah, I don't think Tennessee fans have that type of defeatist mentality anymore. Oh, oh no, I disagree there. Okay, they might. I don't know. I'm just I mean, talking I, about the people I, on the Discord. Like, Yeah, no, we, we surround ourselves with the elite. But, I mean, you just, anytime any news comes out, if it's negative, it's, oh, that's so Tennessee. That's so Tennessee. If it's positive, it's immediately, well, put your cup on. We can't have too many good things. Put your cup on. It's going to get bad. Yeah. So I, I think we do have a defeatist mentality. And, you know, it spilled over the overlap I have with Titans fans. They were doing the same thing, like actually, actually acting like we were going to lose to Vic Fangio and Drew Locke with, without having Marcus Mariota at our quarterback. Like, I know last year we lost to him, and like, hey, we had Marcus Mariota, whatever. But like, they acted like Ryan Tannehill wasn't going to be able to win that game on Monday. It was just like, oh, we can't handle any expectations. Oh, it's just so bad. This constant eoring, and so I mean, like, we do have the defeatist mentality, but I do think if we win, it'll go away because we got pretty cocky in 2016. I, yeah, I think that one thing that I do think is like when the whole Cade Mace thing came out that we didn't we didn't like. We didn't submit the appeal until, you know, like two and a half weeks before the season started. It's kind of like sometimes Tennessee doesn't even want to be good, like the administration. But, like, as far as the football team goes and its coaches, I feel 
really good about them. And every time they step out on the field, I think that if Tennessee has as much talent as their opponent, that they're going to win. And I think they can beat teams that are more talented than them. I think that we are extremely well coached. I like, I also just like the way Pruitt coaches. Like he'll go for things and he'll be, you know, he'll, we'll do fake kicks and go for it on fourth down. So like in terms of the football team, I actually, like I don't think they really have a loser mentality. Oh, no, no. We're talking about the fans. I, the fans do, I guess. I mean, it's gonna, it, it'll take some winning to get rid of that. But Let's get your reaction to uh, what user Brooks is sharing. He says uh, Pruitt just went on Fine Bomb and said that uh, Jeremy Pruitt tells, some of his play- tells us that some of his players who will play early in the season haven't had the chance to block and tackle in live scrimmages due to COVID or contact tracing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, he said we weren't going to get to use all our practices. He said we weren't going to get to use all our, a lot of practice day, which is hysterical in an extended fall camp that Tennessee was not going to be able to use all the um, dates available. So that doesn't surprise me at all. You just hope it's guys like, again, you hope it's guys like Henry Toa who really don't need another week of of like wrapping up practice, like, you know, focusing on the fundamentals of tackling to still be badass. So you hope it's people like that and not people like Quaveris Crouch and Jeremy Banks. But yeah, I mean, we're gonna have to deal with that shit all. Like, I mean, like if Sean Schamberger's out a week, who gives a shit? Like if he misses practice for a week, who cares? He knows how to play nickel. He's been the starting nickel back for two years. Apparently he's been running some safety. Lately in practice. We probably need safety depth. I mean, Trayvon Flowers can't stay healthy. Who is Tank's backup? Uh, Theo Jackson? So, I mean, we, we I only know of three safeties. Theo Jackson, Jalen McCullough, and Trayvon Flowers. This is getting depressing. Now, there's that other guy that was a four-star that was a freshman last year um, that plays some safety, too. But those are the three guys I know that have played. So, I mean, Schamberger... Does need to be playing safety. I mean, but like if that's what I'm saying. Like if he misses a week, who cares? Like he knows the positions. He's smart. He's good. I'm really sad that you didn't finish your original. You're about to say he ought to be. I like it when you say ought. You know, so he ought to be. He ought to be playing safety. I just don't know who our backup safeties are. I don't think they know who our back backup safeties are. I mean, we've recruited like four stars there, so like we should have talent somewhere. We'll get somebody ready. We'll get somebody ready. Is Warren Burrell still on the team, by the way? I think about him from time to time. I believe so, but I really don't know. Yeah. So, yeah. We I mean, need to that, do a deep dive. We need to figure this out before before next week. They talk about a guy that hit the freshman wall. Oh, yeah. Warren Burrell's on the team. He's on the team. He's on the team. I saw him in a depth chart. Okay. David Ubin put out a depth chart like a month ago, and he was on there as the backup cornerback. Yes. Secondary is going to be badass. Secondary is going to be badass. I have, I mean I think secondary is going to be awesome. Um, I think linebackers will be really good, uh, you know, with the caveat that we have two of them and that's all we got. But who's going to get to the quarterback is the question on the defense for me. So I'm bringing a whole bunch of guys back that had at least two sacks last year. That was one of the positive stats I read from Bill Connolly this this week. Akeem Bennett had some good games last year. 
And say we're bringing back a bunch of guys with at least two sacks. So we have some experience there. I don't know if that's uh, elite talent we have coming back or if we're just going to have to just do it by, you know, just having everyone kind of chip in or what. But I would say it's solid talent. I think one thing that's nice this year is that, like last year in fall camp, it was immediate that, like, Henry Toa Toa was going to be a star. You know, like, everyone was talking about him. Nobody could stop talking about him. He was guaranteed to be a first-day starter. And you heard about Warren Burrell. You heard about Morris at left tackle, Darnell Wright at right tackle, blah, 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 blah. This year, the only freshman you've heard about is Jalen Hyatt, which is nice because they don't have to play this year. We actually have some depth. We actually have some guys returning that are good. It's nice that, like, Morvin Joseph can, like, sit back and just get better, people like that. So there are a lot of positives about this football program for the future. It's just contract chasing is, is it just sucks. This contract contact tracing thing is just stupid. But, I mean, it is what it is. Everybody else has got to deal with it, I assume. Let's blow through a couple of patron questions. we got a mailbag episode coming up for the patrons after this, but we'll get a couple of Tennessee ones related in here. Patreon.com slash Reed's Ranch. Let me shout out some new patrons we have right quick while I'm here. Shout out to, uh, I guess, just Josh Milner. He upped his pledge from 10 to $15. Shout out to Brother Josh. We love you and appreciate you. He said he is making his debut at basketball on Thursday, so we'll be happy to have him there. Very nice. West 10 Ben asked, do we think if we uh, Tennessee is going to make a New Year's Six Bowl this year? No. I feel like it's hard to say yes to that. Yeah, like, I mean, whenever you Just know. Just look that, at the like, schedule. Yeah, whenever you know that, like, everyone's kind of saying you're going to pretty much be lucky to go 6-4. and four, Which, I mean, you could exceed that, but even at 7-3, and three, is that a New Year's Six Bowl? I don't know. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I have no idea. Because I, feel like all the, I feel like all the good teams are going to go at least eight and two this year. Yeah, do you think since like, there's like a, since there's a lack of since there's a lack of you know non conference matchups, I think the good teams are going to run through their conference. Like do you think with, with with two losses? Like I, I think Alabama will go eight and two or better. Right, Georgia um, should go eight and two and better, or Florida, one of those two. Yeah, I don't know which one. I mean, I, I would assume one of them does though. Ohio State, Clemson. Uh, obviously we'll do that. Notre Texas, Dame, Texas, Oklahoma, probably. Notre Dame should all do that. Yeah. I mean, like uh, Notre Dame should go nine and one. Clemson should go 10 and zero. And I would say a lot of the non-conference teams will go, or a lot of the, uh, group five, the good teams will go like undefeated. Probably. There'll be a couple of those. And I don't, I, I don't know. It's going to be a weird year. Yeah, obviously it's, it's going to be, yeah. Who knows? I mean, there's just so many variables that I really hope Florida doesn't go eight and two. I mean, I hope not either. I hope they suck, but I'm just saying, like, I feel like their schedule is pretty easy. Yeah, they definitely got a gift. Very, It's very cool. Ed Hawk asks, is there a cap on how many games you want to win this season? Wouldn't it kind of suck to have a magic year and go 10-0 and or 9-1 when it's not even a real season? Uh, If you told me Tennessee was going to go 10-0, and then I would be like, hell yeah, sign me up right now. I don't care about the year. I don't care about the nonsense we're in. Just... Sure. I mean, if you're saying, like, no, I don't have a cap on it to answer your question. If Tennessee can go 10-0, then I'm choosing 10-0. I don't care about this season being what it is. I mean, yeah. we've been we've been bad for so long, man. We've seen every win we can get. That would be what, like, how many games we won in a row? Five? Six? Uh, I believe it's five. So it would be 15 straight wins in, in football. Yeah, in I mean, 10-0, 10-0 gets you in the playoffs. And I, I don't even think we're – 
I don't think we're going to look at this season as not a real season. If you're good. If you're bad, you will. But, like, if you're good, it's a real season. If you're bad, you'll write it off. But if you're good, you will say, fantastic. This was all worth it. He said, for the sake of the question, every game you win that you shouldn't pushes the East back by a real year, a real season. That is, that's getting too confusing for me, Ed. Love you, brother. But I would just say, like, if you can tell me we're going 9-1 and or 10-0, and I'll lock that in pretty much under any circumstance. Yeah, I mean, that's 15 straight wins. Like, sign me up. I don't care about any of the the variables and of this season like that would be awesome that would be awesome you would be corona champs for for hit you'd be corona champs for the rest of history all right last uh question for this episode bmv wants to know how would you rank the on paper talent of this basketball team compared to our last decade or so uh it's 2020 so it's basically going back to the bruce era I mean, I, I want to see what I want to see what Springer and Johnson look like before we say this, but them being as highly rated as they are, mixed in with Pons and Bailey, and and, and a, you know returning SEC All SEC player and uh, Fulkerson and a defensive player of the year. Uh I mean, I feel like it has to be almost as good as ever, right? Because we have technically two first round talents on our team right now, and we when's the last time we've ever had that? Yeah. Never, yeah. right? I mean, or never, at least no. never, you know, as long as I can remember. And then, I mean, like it's we have that, and on you, on top of that, we have an all SEC big man. We have and a rim protector. We have the SEC defense player of the year, an all SEC big man. We have a sharpshooter in Vescovi. I don't know if I'd call him a sharpshooter, but he can knock down shots. He's he's been there's been some games where he couldn't miss though. I know, but I just don't know if I'd call him a sharpshooter. Like I don't um, feel like. I don't know. Maybe he will be this year when he does when he can play some off the ball. Yeah, yeah, it'd be nice to see him off the ball, for sure. It'd be nice to see him off the ball. Um, I don't know that any team has. I I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Like I said, just on the 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 basis that we have never had two first round picks on the same team. Yeah. That makes me think this talent is going to be higher than ever before. Like I get Grant. You know, was an SEC Player of the Year, and Admiral was a stud. I mean, Bone and Kyle are good too, but again, I just don't know if they have the top end talent. Not the top end talent. Like talent. We're not talking about like their basketball skill, or at least like their basketball production. I guess we're not talking about their basketball production, but just talent. Yeah, I don't think there's ever been a team that has had the talent that of Jaden Springer and Keon Johnson together. Right. right. As crazy as that is, when they haven't played a game, but. Yeah, I mean, we have to see it. We have to see it come to. Uh, How about the battle for Atlantis getting moved to South Dakota, though? How sick would that be? Man, what a trade! What a trade! Atl- Bahamas to South Dakota. I would get the COVID right before the season if I was one of those teams. <laughs> I would say no thanks. I got the COVID. <laughs> We're opting out. Uh, quick thoughts on your Los Angeles Clippers. Um. Has Kawhi been getting a lot of heat today? He hasn't. It's been all about Doc and Paul George. Interesting. Kawhi's still Teflon, I guess, from last year's playoff run. Has LeBron ever done anything as bad as what the Clippers did in this series? Um, well, I kind of, it's funny you say that because I kind of compared. I, I said I had never seen a team that was thought to be a title contender or a title favorite just completely look lethargic and shit the bed 
since his team did it in 2010 when they lost to the Celtics in like game six and he took off his jersey and threw it in the crowd and then like went to Miami. That was like when the rumors came out that Delonte West had had sex with his mom. Yeah. But I still remember it. I I think I still remember him having a good game, but the the rest of the team just looked awful. That fourth quarter last night was – they looked like they were in quicksand. They looked completely overtaken by the moment. They looked lost. They looked awful. It was surreal to watch. I can't remember LeBron coming out and going 6 of 19 in any game. Like, I mean, I know – I guess in the – you know, the finals when they lost to the Mavericks, I think it was game four, he completely shit the bed. And that was the game where, uh, you know, he let J.J. Barea guard him. He wouldn't post him up in the – he wouldn't post him up, and I believe he scored eight points. But I don't think he shot 16 times, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, that was pitiful. I, I didn't watch any of last night's game, but – I mean, that was pit- that was pitiful. LeBron's done that, but that's that's that was before LeBron was known as a winner or whatever. Like Kawhi is supposed to be different because I mean he's just coming off of a yeah coming off of a Finals MVP. I just don't know how you don't get more heat if that's like that's your team, man. Like yeah, Paul George sucked, whatever. That is your team because they're on a losing team. They're losers. I mean, like the Clippers are losers. So like I guess maybe we we're just all ready for it and used to it, even though people kept trying to act like they were so good. You know that that's your team, and I mean Paul George sucks in the playoffs. Wow, even like I knew that. Kawhi Doc probably Rivers. regretted going there, and Doc Rivers is a loser, and Kawhi looked around and was like, man, I should have stayed in Toronto. Or just Doc, went to the Lakers and wanted like to I, I, Why has Doc Rivers, like, well, I've never understood, like, why he's been, like, why do he people? Has, he has a ring. That one ring does him a lot of favors. And his teams are always good. They just never get over the hump. They just never get over the hump, yeah. Pitiful, they're, man. They're, I mean, good for, good for the Nuggets, though. I mean, I watched the highlights, the, uh, they're a pretty fun team, the Nuggets are. I mean, some of those shots that, like, Jokic shoots are hilarious. And Jokic and Murray both shoot some pretty wild, uncontested, you know, highly contested, weird shots off the dribble, fading away, things like that. They're fun, and they'll be really fun when the Lakers beat them in five games. So uh, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that on next episode. So we're going to go and do our patron-only mailbag before we go. Shout-out to our patrons. We had a lot of patrons with birthdays the last couple of days. Shout-out to, uh, to Morgan. Shout-out to Chris. They both have birthdays a day. Uh, Brother Jake had one yesterday. AJ the day before. I think Terrell had one. We had a bunch of birthdays this week. Shout out to everyone with birthdays listening uh, since Seth has really slacked on wishing people birthdays in the Discord. Yeah, GayJ had a birthday. I didn't know that. Happy birthday, AJ. And Farm and uh, who was the other one you said? Chris and Terrell. I wish Terrell a happy birthday. I wish Jake a happy birthday. I wish Jake a happy birthday. Chris, Chris as well. I, I, happy birthday, Chris. All right, we'll go you know to this mailbag episode next. All right, see you guys. I can't be a pessimist. Because I'm alive. To be a pessimist means that you have agreed that human life is an academic matter. So I'm forced to be an optimist. I'm forced to believe that we can survive whatever we must survive. The table about to turn. The table about to turn. The table about to turn. Yeah, uh, I've been flipping through my timeline, trying to get my mind right, my city cried out, I got to cool down, but I'm under pressure, looking with my Crisco, look at where my fist go, a renegade when I'm in a rage, I got to cool down, but I'm under pressure, I keep my hands dirty, my mind clean, got a new agenda, 
with a new dream. I'm kicking out the old regime. Liberation, elevation, education. America, you a lie. But the whole world about to testify. I said the whole world about to testify. And the table's about to, the, the table's about to turn. Then you should do the dishes. Burning down plantations. Uh, ain't no parking, I don't need no validation. I like sage when I'm in a rage. Uh, I don't need permission, I got my intuition. Hands dirty, mind clean. A different vision with a new dream. Uh, we kicking out the old regime. Liberation, elevation, education. I said, America, use a lie. But the whole world about to testify. I said, the whole world. Now we gon' watch the table. Now we gon' 